Our Father, hallowed be your name. Father, may your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Tonight, Lord, we are again grateful for your, for your love and for this, this grace that you've given us for this last Sunday of 2019 and for everything else that you've given to us throughout the year. Tonight, Lord, we surrender our hearts and our minds to you and we ask that you clear out the clutter, remove anything and anyone that may distract us from hearing from your word, your message for us tonight. We humbly ask that the Holy Spirit help us and, and guide us tonight to give us the clarity of your message through me, Lord God, your unworthy servant. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Cleanse us with your blood, Lord God, and teach us with your word. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. And help us, Father, live out whatever it is that you are teaching us tonight. Help us to be obedient to you. Help us to live a life that is pleasing to you, Father. Please bless and override my preparations, Lord God. Let you and you alone speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so please turn your Bibles or your Bible app to um, Luke chapter 2, verse 21 to 38. I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible, NASB. I think that's what it stands for. I'm going to begin reading. If you have memorized your Bible, please don't bother reading. Just listen to me. <laughs> I'm just playing. Jesus presented at the temple. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Verse 24, And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a young man, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, verse 29, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fail for the fall and, and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then... As a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. And that very moment, she came up and be began giving thanks to God and continued to speak to him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. I entitled our message tonight, Oh Well, So What? Oh Well, So What? This is something a person who has an over-familiar attitude and an arrogant thinking about anything or anyone or any relationship for that matter. This is also something that would somebody would say that doesn't believe in Christmas or Christ and God as a whole. Or this would be something a Christian would also say, sadly. You know, say, oh, well, so what? 
where do I go for the New Year's Eve party? Because it's so over-familiar. Our Christmas series is about people or the misses of Christmas. The events and the people that, that missed the first Christmas and we relate it to our time now. So we're going to wrap it up with this miss tonight, which is for the people around Jesus during that time that were just over-familiar with the whole thing. They were familiar with everything. And over-familiarity breeds contempt. That's what it says in Proverbs 25, 17. Don't visit your neighbors too often, or you will wear out your welcome. Okay, this, for my, for my crew, no, this is not you, okay? <laughs> I, was hesita I was hesitating in putting this, because they might think it's them, it's not. This is, this is where it says that if you're just over-familiar with something and someone, you take things for granted. Okay, I have some illustrations here, and I'm going to try to be really careful here. With the show of hands, how many of you, like me, lived in Reno for seven years and up? Okay. All right. That's plenty. Seven years and more, right? How about the ones who lived there for five years or less? All right. Just a few. Now, with the show of hands, how many of us or you were in Lake Tahoe for the summer last year? Five to At least five to ten times last year. No? There's one there. Alicia, you're not showing your hand there? All right. <laughs> Why is that? Lake Tahoe is one of the most visited places, and right? It's a tourist spot for the whole world. But most of us who live here, we take it for granted. We're such over-familiar with it. Nothing has changed, right? It's still expensive to go there. <laughs> It'll be there next year. So what? <laughs> right? We, we, have that, we have that tendency because it's not going to go anywhere. Correct? Correct. For those of you who are married, you know what I'm going with on this one. <laughs> we tend to take them for granted because they're always there. Correct? We know they love us. They know we love them. And sometimes the negative connotation to that is that they're over-familiar with it and they take us for granted or we take them for granted. Those of us have, who have children, we take them for granted. We don't take care of them. We don't love them. We don't speak well to them. We don't treat them well because we're over-familiar with them. We know that they're our child and they owe it to us that they're here. <laughs> and we have the right to abuse them. Which is wrong. But we're over-familiar with them. For us who still have our parents with us, we take them for granted because we're over-familiar with them. Because they're just constantly there. They're not going anywhere. And they're, they seem like to be killing the happiness of our lives. <laughs> Sadly, this is the heart attitude and mentality of, of the people that was in the message that we're going to see tonight. Because they're just over-familiar with the whole thing. Jesus came into the temple. Simeon praised God. And then another, Anna, praised God. But the people around them, you didn't see anything there. That the people that were surrounding Simeon and Anna at that point celebrated Jesus' birth. No. We just see two people in that account. Two people that have been waiting for that event. But everyone else were just too over-familiarized with their surroundings. Can you be over-familiarized with your surrounding? Yes. And then what does that mean if you're over-familiarized with someone or something or, a, or a, a certain place? You tend to be careless. I didn't know I was going to have this example today. I really didn't until I woke up this morning. I have everything planned, all my illustrations planned, but God had a better plan. My wife, Anna, woke me up this morning and said, Babe, I did not see your car behind my car, and I hit it. The joke is this. 
might be laughing there, but the joke is this. I was in California for the past four since Thursday. And if you've been in California, you know how crazy the driving there is, right? So I've been praying to God, Lord, help me not get into any accident here in California. See, I wasn't very specific. I should have said, and when I get home, please protect my car from my wife. Because she backed up, not thinking that I parked right behind. Because I was, just, I was just so tired. She's so used to me not parking behind her car, which is in the garage. And I park, I park right outside, thinking that she would see my car and not back out from it. But she, she did it. She said, I did see it. You know, she, it, it's really puzzling for me because she has a backup camera and my car, my car is this big. I was just like, how can you not see it? Like, I, I couldn't, like, it, up to now, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it, this is it. This is why I know what it happened. She was just over familiar with the whole thing. She's used to not having any car right behind her, Right? She's used to not having me park right behind her. So it's my fault. It really is. And that's how we get into accidents when we're driving. We're over familiar with the streets. We know the takes of certain drivers. And we're just over familiar with it. And that's when we pick up our phone and look at text messages, right? Because, well, oh, this is, I'm almost home. You start looking at your emails, text. You shouldn't be doing that. But that's what we do, right? When we're, not in an un, we're, when we're in an unfamiliar territory, that's when we're really, really careful. Correct? In California, I was really, really careful. When I got in Reno, I'm just like, ah, no more stress. And that's the same thing with our lives in our faith with the Lord. Because God is so constant. God is so constant. He's so, he's so consistent. We know that He's always there for us, that we take it for granted. We take that love of His, that consistency of His for granted. We take Him for granted. We take the sun, S-U-N, for granted until it snows for a week and we say, man, where's the sun? I miss the sun, right? During the summertime, we all complain it's too hot. And in wintertime, we say it's too cold. When we were in the Philippines, we said, I can't wait to get to America. Now that we're in America, we can't wait to go back to the Philippines, right? Because when we get too over-familiarized with everything and anything in our lives and with anyone in our lives, we take them for granted. We don't do anything about it other than just we're complacent. We become stagnant. And Christmas is the same way. Christmas is the same way for most of us. Because Christmas, all we know, December 24 hits, that's a Christmas Eve dinner. If you're Filipinos, that's when we're celebrating it, right? That's when we're celebrating it. For the life of me, I couldn't understand why Christmas was December 25 until I got smarter, which is last year. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, why is it not Christmas 24? I've always celebrated on the 24th. It's the same thing with our faith. And we're going to see here in this part, Mark 2, 39 to 40. Look at this part. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And they, as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it. But supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. The first part there is that after Anna and Simeon celebrated and praised God for the child Jesus coming into the temple and being presented, no one else celebrated with them. 
No one else celebrated with them. As you see in verse 39, they just went back. Joseph and Mary, with the baby Jesus, went back to their own town. No one else around that town celebrated. You would think that the word would go around that Simeon said something, because everybody knew who Simeon is. Everybody knew that there's this old man waiting for the Messiah in that temple. And there's also this old woman, the prophetess, also waiting for the Messiah. And both of them, at the same time, when Jesus was brought in, celebrated. But no one else cared because they were just over-familiarized with everything else that they were. They were preoccupied. And then you see here that Jesus was there. Jesus, when he turned 12, he stayed at the temple. He stayed at the temple and people were amazed with him. But did they still miss it? Yes. Because again, the people that were around here listening to Jesus were just over-familiarized with this. Somebody talking about God. And they were amazed with that. Sometimes we listen to a powerful preacher, a very compelling preacher, and it touches and it grips our heart, right? And then we say we cry. We cry from the, per from, from the opening prayer. We're crying. From the praise and worship song, we're crying. We're crying at the message. And then we leave the doors of the church and we, we live L-I-V-E the same way, like nothing has changed. It was just like a nice movie to watch, right? Because sometimes movies, they, they make us cry, they make us laugh, but not necessarily change our lives. Somehow, we're over-familiarized with listening to a message and enjoying the Christmas message, enjoying everything about Christmas, but not really, not really getting the message of Christmas. Jesus was, they used the turtle doves and the pigeons, signifying that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph were poor. They were supposed to sacrifice a lamb, but the, the, the turtle doves and the pigeons are for poor people. Our Lord Jesus, the God of the universe, was born in a manger and was dedicated and used and used. Sacrifices that signifies that he is a poor person. But yet here we are still living in this world, especially in this country, still worried about our finances more than our faith in the Lord. Now New Year's is coming up. Have a prosperous New Year. May the, may the Lord shower you with many blessings. And I'm pretty sure what they mean there is may the Lord shower you with money this coming year. And I hope you say the same thing to me so that I don't have to borrow money from you just in case God blesses you and not me. <laughs> Do you guys remember the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher? It was a nice movie. This is when I really liked chess before. And there was a scene there where the young Joshua played chess for the first time in the park in New York City. And somebody was watching him. The character of Lawrence Fishburne saw Josh playing. And he saw the potential in the kid. He saw that there's a genius in this kid and how he played chess. And Lawrence Fishburne said, what's your name? He was holding a newspaper and Josh gave him his name. He wrote his name down. He goes, you're going to be great. I just know it. I got your name. I saw you at this day. This newspaper is going to be expensive. He knew the potential. But I wonder here. They were amazed by hearing Jesus speak about the scriptures and the questions that he had to the teachers, the very knowledgeable people of the law of Moses. They were amazed at Jesus. But what happened? Because they were just over-familiarized with the talks of, of doctrine, the talks of things. They, they, they missed it. They missed it. They were right in front of God. The second person in the Godhead was in front of them. They missed it because they were over-familiarized with their surroundings. That is the place where people talk about God. That is the place where people ask questions about God and His law. They were just over-familiarized with it. Same thing. When we come to church, 
This is the place that we talk about God. This is the place where we praise God. This is the place where we, we, we discuss on how God worked in our lives. This is it right here. Yes. But don't get over-familiarized with it to the point that you don't take it with you outside these buildings. Somebody's explaining the next verse to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know Jeannie's going to take me up on it, but I'm, I was just kidding, Jeannie. <laughs> in Jesus' presentation in the temple, there were only two people, two people that rejoiced and praised God for that moment, monumentous event. I said it earlier. I didn't stumble on it. Monumentous event. Only two people. That is perhaps the saddest of all. The people of Nazareth missed Christmas. We saw in Luke 2, 39-40, it says there, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee and to their own city of Nazareth. And the child continued to grow, increasing. No one took his name down. No one took his name down. No, no one recognized. No one celebrated with Simeon and Anna. No one else did. Maybe it's because the people have been waiting for the Messiah. Right? For Micah's prophecy for 700 years. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe it took too long. Christ's birth took too long for them. That the, their great, great, great grandpa... You know, the message that were, were, that were relayed to them, they could care less for it. Maybe they were thinking, you know what, that's back in the days, man. It's 2020. That doesn't apply to us anymore. Maybe it took too long. Maybe Christ's birth took way too long for them to care about it anymore. Maybe it's not the new, maybe it's not the new age or the in-thinking anymore. It's 2020. 2020 is coming up, right? Another new year. Another year that us believers of Christ will hear that Christ no longer is relative or is relevant. He's relative. Your faith is good, so is mine. You can believe in whoever God you want, and so so can I. I believe in science. Yours is old school. Do you know that if you believe in the thinking of now, that belief will be extinct next day. Because if you're only thinking about the now, today matters, how about tomorrow then? They won't relate anymore. Many years from now, that's not the end thinking anymore. It's like coffee. Articles about coffee, oh, it's beneficial. No, it's not. Yes, it's beneficial. No, it's not. And now you're going to get confused. <laughs> right? But when it comes to God, it's consistent. Micah's prophecy was fulfilled 700 years later when Jesus was born. But everyone else in Nazareth could care less because they were over-familiarized with the whole thing. Oh, who cares about old Simeon and what he's talking about? Oh, Anna, the old lady, what'd she say? Oh, forget her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Our way of life now as 2020 comes again, sadly, even us Christians, we get over-familiarized with our faith, with the Christmas message. We get so over-familiarized with seeing our Bibles that we don't even read it anymore. We're over-familiarized we're, and we're satisfied by just calling ourselves Christians. I'm a believer of Christ, but that stops there. It's not Sunday right now. Don't bother me with that, Lord. I'll be patient come Sunday when I'm shaking people's hands. I'm only nice to Christians, not non-Christians. The message of the manger, we heard it so many times, guys. We've heard it so many times that we get, we filter it out. That becomes nothing. The message of the manger is not a goose down pillow. It's not coziness, which all the postcards give us and show us, right? It's not, it's not security. It's actually, it's actually danger. It's actually rejection. 
It's the smell of dung. It's the smell of crap. Because Jesus was not born in a five-star hotel. He was born with, with, with animals around him. But we complain about our small house, right? We complain about our, 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 our inconvenience. We're still inconvenient with our, with our lives here in America. We've forgotten, especially us. I mean, I'm going to talk even to my American brothers and sisters. You probably don't know how blessed you are if you do praise God. If you don't know, if you've forgotten because you've over-familiarized with it. People call this in China. I, I just found this out. China calls America the beautiful country. That's how they say America. They don't say America. They say beautiful country. Let's go to the beautiful country. But Americans, you, Americans, right? Us Americans, we're, we're so used to this beautiful country. It's, no, it's not beautiful anymore. Right? Everything's given to us right quick. This is the country where we can, we can, we can eat what the rich people are eating. Every day if we have to. You just have to be friends with the right people. <laughs> the guys with the comps. <laughs> be friends with them. You'll eat that buffet every day if, if you want to. Man, the Philippines, we barely ate. I mean, I know when my dad's money came. That's when chicken's being served. Because if there's no chicken, we're eating fish. Because that's cheap. And vegetables that we picked from the backyard. Not even our backyard, our neighbor's backyard. <laughs> but you're just so, we're just so over-familiarized that we take this country, the blessings of, of this country, for granted. We have so many complaints. Oh, it's winter again. I hate driving in the snow. And you're forgetting. Now you're driving. Now you're in America. You got to buy a car. And you have a heater at the house. In the Philippines, when it's raining hard and you're poor, like most of the people there, there's no heater. Cover up. Tough it up. Sunshine. <laughs> we get so over-familiar with our lives that we, we forget. We're over-familiar with the Christmas message that we take it for granted. On to the next party. On to the next Gift exchange. On to the next white elephant exchange. We forgot that it was Jesus coming down. And we make it so much about love, which is true. But we've forgotten that Jesus, that baby Jesus that was born, is going to be put on the cross for your sins and mine. But we've forgotten all of that because Christmas has become about coziness. It's about, become about Christmas trees and everything else. We're so over-familiarized with it that we take it for granted. We're so over-familiarized with the word God and that He's there consistently. That has become a cliche. We're so over-familiarized with all the blessings that He has given us that we forgot to thank Him. Take it for granted. Mark 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. Let me read this for you. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. Where did this man get these things? They said, What is this wisdom given to him? And how are these miracles performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? So they were offended by him. Did I get it there? So they were offended by him. Then Jesus, then Jesus said to them, Next slide. Oop, no, not that. <laughs> Then Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his household. So he was not able to do any miracles there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he was amazed at their, their unbelief. If I go back there, when they called him the carpenter, isn't this the carpenter? We all know, right, that that's not one of the most prestigious work at that time. That's for poor people. That's 
like, oh, who is this blue-collar preacher? He doesn't have a degree. What is he doing here? And don't I know this mom, the mom of this person? So I, 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 as you read that, put some, some negative tone in there. Because after they said it, they were offended by him. They're like, who is this joker? I know his family. They don't know. What, how come he's talking like this? Well, he doesn't have the biblical background. Their family is not a prestigious family here. They're not a family of influence or power or money. Who is this guy trying to talk, talk with authority about God's word? Don't, wasn't this the kid that used to run around our streets? Wasn't this the kid that used to cry a lot? Wasn't this the kid that was being bullied? Or was the bully? <laughs> In the message, it reads on four uh, verses 4 and 6, this is what it reads. Jesus told them, a prophet has little honor in his hometown. Among his relatives on the streets, he played in as a child. Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything there. So they were over-familiarized with Jesus. They knew where he came from. They knew him when he was younger. They had a hard time to a point they were offended by listening to him. Who does he think he is now? You know, this is very difficult in this culture. And somehow, us Filipino culture, the Filipino culture particularly, we have a hard time with this. It, you will have a hard time listening to me if you knew me from the, some, some of you do. If you knew me from the past, which is our, our church is not made up of my close friends from the past. Because they know who I was before. They knew how I lived before. They knew how I spoke and how I acted. And it was not very godly. But here in this particular part is Jesus was being looked down upon because of the people knowing where he came from. And for them... The place that he came from, from, the family that he came from, isn't something that you would say respectable. Now folks, is Jesus respectable for you? Respectable to a point that is he your God or is he just your source of blessings? If you look at your 2019, your spiritual life, your life, this whole 2019, how have you treated Jesus? I know, I'm looking around the room, most of us, I, I, I know most of you, and, and you've surrendered your life, and you recognize Jesus as Lord. But I still give you the question. Did you live an over-familiarized life with the Lord, or did you treasure Jesus this whole year? Did you just use him as a genie in the lamp, an ATM, or did you treat him for who he is, the God of your life? The message of the manger isn't about coziness. The message of the manger is the adventure that Jesus was taken from his comfortable life in heaven, the security in heaven, to be born in a manger, excrement, bad smell area. He was rejected by the innkeeper. He was hunted by Herod. The people that visited him were shepherds, stinky people. People that were looked down upon. For the main purpose, to die on the cross for your sins and mine. That's the message of Christmas. And if the message of Christmas is really alive in a believer, your life will reflect that, not just for Christmas time, but for the entire year, for your entirety of your life. 
Now, people who have not surrendered their lives to Christ would often say that they would only believe, they will only believe God if, they, if God will send them a sign that they cannot deny. While we, the followers of Christ, know that we see God in all things and in all of circumstances of our lives, and as much as we try to explain that to them, they too will have a hard time believing Jesus. Because if these people here, they saw Jesus, they heard Jesus, they touched Jesus, but because of what they think who Jesus is, they could care less. And they were, a matter of fact, offended. On that note, last Wednesday, us Christians were greeting each other, Merry Christmas, correct? And if you were Jewish, maybe you were greeting each other, Happy Hanukkah. And if you were in the middle, you could care less, you were greeting each other, Happy Holidays. But if you're an atheist, and you hate God, and you hate Christianity, you were greeted, Happy Wednesday. <laughs> I had to put it in there. <laughs> During the first Christmas time, people were more caught up with their own thing and missed Jesus, the Son of God. God in the flesh, in their midst. The people in the temple, even after Simon, Simeon makes the announcement, followed by Anna, people have been obviously waiting for God's promise of the Messiah. They were still the only two people celebrating. Believer, follower of Christ, I ask you this question. Are you over-familiarized with Jesus? Have you heard it so many times that you're just like, who cares? So what? I need money. I still haven't gotten that vacation. I'm still single. I'm still married to him. <laughs> oh, well, so what attitude? What now? What does that mean to me next year? Okay, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Okay, Jesus was born in the manger. Okay, so what? What does that mean to me? It means to you that God came down. If you don't see your life as valuable as, as the next guy, think about who gave his life for you. God saw you so valuable that he gave his begotten son, that Jesus was willing to go to the cross for you. Are you giving up on your life because of certain things not working out? And you're just so over-familiarized when I tell you, I'm sorry you're going through that. Let me pray for you. And you're just like, oh, I need healing right now. I need help with my marriage right now. I need help with my children right now. Please stop praying for me because it doesn't seem like it's working. All these things run in our minds and we forget. The last thing in our minds is that God is in control because it hurts so much. It's so painful. Now this picture. This is the dog named Brandon. Brandon was pretty popular in town starting September 27th. If you've been driving around town, you saw a sign that says, Lost dog, owner will reward $10,000. Huh? Everybody, it's a sign, right? Yeah. I, was, I started looking for the dog when I saw that sign. <laughs> Alonzo was like, Dad, let's go look for the dog. I'm like, yeah, yeah man, let's, let's do that. <laughs> Where do we begin? <laughs> $10,000 for the dog. Now, two things came into my mind when I saw that sign. I told Alonzo first, take a picture of it, because I'm going to use it for a preaching. And second, I'm like, those people have a lot of money to give $10,000 for a lost dog. That beats any kidnappers in the Philippines. <laughs> Most of the kidnappers, they will settle for $20,000, because the owner's like, oh, the, the relative's like, oh, you know, a lot of bang can, can I haggle for my relative? I can't afford that. Here, the dog's like $10,000. I'll give you $10,000. They found him. All right? Guess what? He'll be lost again next month. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope he doesn't get lost and there. I'll be the first suspect, right? <laughs> but there, I have a point here. The point is, we, we know the love of the owner. 
because of the dollar figure that was being offered, right? We don't even have to question it. Some of us were like, why? But we know that's love. If you're amazed with that love, how come you're not so amazed anymore on how God loved you so much that he gave his son for you? You know why? Because you're over-familiarized with it. You've heard it so many times that you could care less for it anymore. It's like that smell. You know that, oh, in the Philippines, there's, we always have that smell, that sewer smell in certain areas, you know? And you're, when you visit your friend and they have that sewer smell, you're like, oh my gosh, how could they live here with this smell? But then you stay there for like two hours and you're like, the smell's gone. <laughs> No, but your smell just, your nose just got used to it, right? Our hearts get used to it. You know, that's how, that's how abused people deal with it too. They get so numb with the abuse. That's how people who are abused, they, they, all of a sudden they're, oh, you know, I could care less anymore. Because I'm so used to it. That's how, that's how, we, 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 that's how our heart, the heart has a way to, to, to quiet it down. It's like the nose has a way to get used to it. That's why the people who have body odor, they're the last people to know that they have body odor. <laughs> because they're so used to their smell. They don't even know they stink. I'm hoping that this, as we wrap up this Christmas message, and as we take on to the new year, we're going to remove all that over-familiarity that God loved me, that it will be renewed in your mind and in your heart. Don't let, it be, don't let it be a cliche. Let it be a lie because it's true. God loved you so much, loved us so much that he gave his son to be born in a manger. Now what is it that you're complaining about with your life anymore? You know, like again, going back to Philippians let me read this. This is the King James Version, so please pray for me. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Ye doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency, that's why I chose this, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that's a bad word. It's in the Bible. So my spell checker's there. <laughs> that, may, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine, mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which, of, which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable or conformable unto his death. We are to be conformed in Jesus' body into his sufferings. How do we know the power of his resurrection if we don't know his sufferings? How do we, how do we appreciate God's love in the Christmas message if we don't know, if we ignore the fact that that baby that was brought here is going to be sacrificed. He's going to experience the most excruciating way to die. The most embarrassing way to die. A death of a criminal. An innocent man. For your sins and mine. Now there's a result for this. There should be a result. What Paul is saying here is, I know Christ and I want to know Him. I know what He did for me and I want to live for Him and I want to experience it and I could care less. Whatever sacrifice I've given for God, I consider it dumb. It's useless. I despise it. It is nothing compared to what God has given me and for what God is to me. I could care less for it. So there should be a result, right? The result, if Jesus, if Christmas is true, which it is, if Jesus is true, the second person in the Godhead was born to become man, this should be the three things 
that should happen to anybody that would believe that. There should be a transformation in your life. And we're going to tackle all three on our next series. There should be transformation. There should be surrendering. And there should be delight. Delight in who? Delight in the Lord. Not in the light of the world. I'm going to try not to preach my preaching next week. <laughs> this is my conclusion. Now, please don't look at your phones because that's usually what you do. <laughs> the conclusion. There are many ways to miss Christmas. And we've tackled them. I mean, repeat them. The business of life. Like the innkeeper. He focused on the bottom line and the money first. He missed and he turned away Jesus. Mary and Joseph, right? Um, the power, or we don't want to give up the lordship of our lives like Herod. They want to give up the power that he thought he had. And he wanted to kill Jesus. They're religious people. And we think religion is the way to experience God. The rituals and the idols of a religion, any religion for that matter. Religious people miss Christmas. Power-hungry people miss Christmas. Money-hungry people miss Christmas. And now, people who miss Christmas are the ones that are over-familiarized with Jesus. Let it not be you, believer. Folks, I, I pray and I try my best to communicate to you at the best of my ability. It might not be the best, best, but I really try. My intention is to really try to to. to Quicken the, the love of God in your hearts. I don't know if I was successful at all this 2019. But if I look at the empty chairs and the people that, that constantly need to be here, aren't here, it gives me a sense of frustration. Frustration for them. Not at them, but for them. If I see, if I see that you're still stagnant with your life, that you're still comfortable, you want to keep your life in the bubble that you think you have, and then God causes something to just get your attention. Some are quick to go back to God. Some are, are quick to go the other way. Behind all the reason that we just discussed of the people missing Christmas and the message of Christianity and the message of Jesus, behind all those is unbelief. It's unbelief. The reason why we think money is more important because we don't believe God will give us everything we need. The reason why we can't give up our power of our lives because we don't think God is after our own good. We think He's a killjoy God. He wants me to get married? No, I want to have, keep having sex with girls and not be married, not be committed. I don't want to be a Christian if it's going to be like that. I don't want to be married anymore. I want to, I want to, I want to end this relationship and, and, and go and, and have another relationship with another person that I've been eyeing. <laughs> it's all unbelief. The reason why we can't give up certain things is because we don't believe God has our best in mind. Which is so wrong. The Bible said, God said, he who... Paul said that he who has given his own son for you, will he not give you all things that is good for you? I had a note here that says, maybe use the picture of the lost dog. <laughs> Folks, I hope that as we step into the 2020, the new year, as we wrap up Christmas, and we still have that good feel in our hearts, I hope that we will take Jesus for who He truly is, not for who we want Him to be. Can somebody say amen to that? Can we first make God our priority? Can we make Him our priority in our lives? That everything that he has said and written down in the word is for us to understand and to believe and to live by. Can somebody say amen? 
So that means that you will read your word. That means that you will study your word. That means you're going to study in more Bible studies. That means you're going to be listening to preachings. Hopefully that means you're coming on time. Because many times, many times, if, if, if you were to get a demerit for coming in late at church, I don't know, that's up to you. I don't know how long your list is already. Why can't you be on time for God? And I say that with love. Okay? Because you can be on time for your work. Why can't you be on time for God? I get it. Sometimes things happen. So I do. Like, you know, the car that God blessed us with gave us problems. The children that God blessed us with were giving us problems. The husband or the wife that God blessed us with was giving us problems. Sometimes things do happen with the blessings that God has given us. But let us not forget the blesser. And let's make him our priority. Let's not live our Christian lives just here, between these walls. Let's live it out. Let's not live it for one day a week. Let's live it from Monday, from Sunday to Saturday. <laughs> That's the, I'm going to close with that. I'm going to keep going if I don't. I thank you for all of you. I hope that the Christmas message has become more real and different. Different in a way that it's the way God wants it to be. Jesus in a manger to die on the cross because he loves us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we ask as we conclude our service tonight, Father, we pray and we are grateful for your son, Jesus. Father, help us to live our lives differently. Help us to speak differently. Help us to fulfill your word and be obedient to you. Help us to live this life of freedom that you've provided. Not to sin against you, but to spend our lives for you. Not to satisfy our own selfish desires, but to live a freedom of, of serving you without hindrance. Father, help us not to be in love with money. Help us not to be in love with success or popularity. Help us not to be in love with anything else and anyone else above you, Father. Help us love you more, Father God. Help us love you more. Let your love in us be real so that our lives, Lord God, will live out. That we will obey you because we love you. Forgive us, Father, because we are way too familiar with who you are and with your love, with your truths, that we take you for granted. And that we start living our lives carelessly and mindless of you. And your presence in our lives, Lord God, we undervalued it. Help us, Father, to change that. Change us for your glory. Help us to live for your glory. Help us to be excited and intentional to live and spend our lives for you. Let, it, let there be nothing in our lives that we'll say, Lord, not that. Lord, let us, Lord God, have all of us. Have all of us, Lord God. In your son's mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Saul, rise for the